Hey guys, welcome back to the Not So American Dream. I know it's been a while, life gets a little crazy here, but I am back with a mini series called Love Without Borders. So, my first interview, I am interviewing my friend Ida, who actually has went through the CR1 process, which is the spouse visa. Um, she's going to give us a little background on her story of how she met her husband and the process they had to go through to get him here on the spouse visa. So stay tuned and don't forget to subscribe and to rate this podcast because you know what? I want to know how you guys are feeling and if you're liking what you're hearing. And if you have any suggestions, feel free to send me a message. Hey, Ida, welcome to the show, The Not So American Dream. How are you this evening? I'm doing well. I can't complain. <laughs> yeah, well, I wanted to give you a warm welcome to Not So American Dream. So let's start off with a brief introduction. Tell us who you are. So my name is Ida Munoz. Uh, Munoz is my married name. Asagiri is my maiden name. Um, I am 39 years old. I'm born and raised in Queens, New York. I am a New York City public school teacher. I teach special education. I'm also the special education coordinator at my school. Wow. Um, and I am most importantly a mom to a two-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so how in the heck do you balance all of that? It's very difficult. <laughs> I have to have a glass of wine every Friday. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that is super realistic there, right? It that is, is your uh, mommy <laughs> single time. Yes. <laughs> oh goodness. So I believe when we met, man, let's go back to the days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's take it back to 2020. Yeah. Uh, so tell us, well, tell the audience, like, how did we meet or like, what was the... So the borders were closed. We were like COVID, right? COVID hit. We're all in a panic, right? Because we're like, we got these Dominican men and the borders <laughs> are closed and we're trying to figure out a way. I think I hit you up because you yes. had a comment somewhere. I don't know what website. I was probably on every Dominican website there was on the web, right? And I probably saw that you said something and I'm like, this girl maybe figured it out. Maybe she knows how to get to DR. <laughs> so I think really? I, I remember, I think I asked you, right? And then I think we connected and then this whole group, right? Formed on Facebook um, with Grace and with Diana. Yeah. Um, and that's basically how we met. <laughs> trying, to get, <laughs> trying to find a way to get, you know, 
across the border when the borders were closed oh my gosh like seriously I remember how hard I was and literally just searching through Facebook like there's got to be someone else that is going through this process yes and there was a lot of us (laughs) oh my goodness yeah absolutely and it really helped during that time because I just remember just being so frustrated (laughs) we probably thought the world was going to end at that time we sure did. We sure did. And then we were like, we're stuck here. They're over there. It was a lot. It was a lot to go. It was a lot to go through. It would, but it also felt good to know that you weren't alone. <laughs> yeah. That is so very true. Absolutely. Yes. And look, you thought I had it together? No, girl, you had all the information. <laughs> I was trying to find a way. <laughs> <laughs> but we made it yes we and did. you know what um you definitely made it girl because how many years have you been married now I am, will be married five years this October so just four months and I mean four years and a few months but in October 5th I'll be married five years oh my gosh congratulations I didn't realize it's been that long yes time flies <laughs> How uh, time flies when you're in love. <laughs> yes, very true. <laughs> so, um, you know, you did mention that your husband is from the Dominican Republic. So let's take it back almost five years ago. Yes. Tell us, when did you guys meet? So I met him in April of 2018. Mm -hmm. I happened to be going on a trip to Dominican Republic, actually with, um, she's still one of my close friends, what my brother's Mm -hmm. ex-girlfriend. She wanted to get away for her birthday and nobody was really down to go except for me. And we were trying to pick a place and my coworker actually, who still works at the school that I work at today, um, she had mentioned to me that she had been to La Romana in Dominican Republic. So I just bought it up to my friend and I was like, why don't we go to La Romana? And she was like, okay, I've never been there. I had never been there. I've been to Dominican Republic, but never that part. Um, And we took a vacation there and... I get very bored at resorts. Um, So we were at the resort and I was like, if I stay here one more day, I'm going to lose it. Um, So I convinced her to leave the resort. Probably not a great idea, but it worked out in my benefit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When we went out, um, that was the night that I actually met my husband. Wow. So maybe not many people who are traveling know about La Romana. <laughs> you yeah. know, hot spots, right? So yeah. <laughs> that was definitely a unique destination. Yeah. So you met him on your trip to La Romana. Was it like the instant love connection? Or No, it was not an instant love connection. It was, I went out, I was having fun you know just we went out we ended up at this um club called Mm -hmm. Marinelli 
And at first we ended up in a, a different place and we had the taxi, a taxi driver that was escorting us. And he said, no, you can't stay here. And then he kept on telling me that I was the problem because I'm very fair skinned. So he was like, where you're in the barrio. This is what he was telling me. And he was like, the guys are not going to leave you alone. He was like, but I know a much better place where you guys can actually go and have a good time and you won't really be bothered. And he was like, mm. it's this place called Marinelli. And I was like, okay. And then when I got there, I we got through the door, we sat at the table and there was Julio. And I was, I talked to Julio the whole night in English. And all he did was nod his head, thumbs <laughs> up. And then, I don't know, probably one, two, or three shots too many. I was, you know, all of a sudden, he's like grabbing my hand to talk to me outside. And of course, I went because I didn't have one care in the world. Hey guys, want to create your own podcast? You should totally head over to Spotify for Podcasters, formerly called Anchor FM. I have created my podcast with this app and it's completely free and it has all the tools that you need to create your own podcasts. Um, and I busted out my Spanish. Oh my God. Did you shock this man? <laughs> and he looked at me and he was like, and I asked him in Spanish, you know, which girl do you like, you know, inside the place? And then he, he didn't even care about the question. He was just like, you've been talking to me the whole night in English and you speak Spanish. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was, and he was like, why did you do that? I was like, I just wanted to see if you like, you know, I was like, you gave me a thumbs up. You have to understand something. He was like, no, I was just saying yes. He's like, I had no idea what you were saying. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Now, that is hilarious. And yeah. you really plot twisted on him I sure did and then after that I was like you know my friend was like no she has to go we have to go back to the hotel and she was like take down her number she's talking to him in English mind you she's Egyptian she doesn't know one word of Spanish oh my god <laughs> um, and, and then he's we- like probably nodding his head <laughs> yeah that's what he's doing the whole time um and then we exchanged numbers but I didn't ever think that I would have you know spoken to him or even met up with him again it wasn't like it was just me the next day saying like what did you do either like what were you doing what were you thinking but I was laughing about it because everything to me was a joke oh my god well you know you had your um handy dandy wine there that made you a little bit braver there that <laughs> yeah. was courage it was liquid courage you're absolutely right <laughs> oh well you know it's good to go somewhere with that you know life just freedom and just you know that energy brings upon yeah very true (laughs) very very true that is a that is an interesting story there (laughs) (laughs) yes so after your first meeting with them like how did you guys like um continue communication because clearly so he would just text me through whatsapp okay um and, you know, we I, I, that night was a blur for me. And I was very honest with him. Um, I said to him, I don't recall everything. I, I, rem- I, you know, he even sent me a picture. Like, was like, send me a picture so I can remember. Like, I have an idea, but I, you know. <laughs> um, 
And then, you know, we just started talking from there. It was just like every day, mm-hmm. all day. And I didn't think it would, um, anything would come of it. Uh, my biggest hesitation is that my husband, my now husband, you know, he is significantly younger than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, we are almost 10 years apart. Okay. So we're nine years apart in a couple of months. Um, so when I, you know, when he told me his age, I was like, no, no, this is not happening. Like, who do I think I am? Like, this is not like either you're a teacher, you know, like, <laughs> You have to have some sense in your head. Like, what are you doing? Um, And, but we just, you know, he kept on, he just kept on Mm -hmm. and he was very nice, very, you know, just very respectful. Um, And then I remember one day at the job, my cousin who also happens to work, she's the assistant principal. She was like, you're on your phone constantly. She was like, who are you talking to? And I was like, no, some guy I met in Dominican Republic. She's like, some guy you met in Dominican Republic. And then I, she was like, what, what are you guys talking about? I'm like, he's asking me to go see him for his birthday. And she was oh. like, are you going to go? And I was like, no. I was like, I'm not going. <laughs> this guy is like 10 years younger than me. I'm oh. not going back to Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. And long and behold, I went back to Dominican Republic. Was it for his birthday? It was actually. Oh. Um, well, I went to, so he had a birthday celebration in La Romana. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't make it for that because I was trying to take a day off of work and then just go for the weekend and fly back in time to be back at work because I didn't have vacation time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw him we a few days after his birthday. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that, look at that. So he, 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 down. he was yeah. like, I'm going to keep on yeah he was persistent he was you know I told him about the age thing he was like I don't know what you're talking about age is nothing but a number it doesn't mean anything Mm -hmm. you know and that was my biggest I think my biggest hesitation but he persisted (laughs) (laughs) and it worked well look at that that is just so sweet and you know what that man knew would he mm-hmm. was like this woman is so special right so how many visits do you think you um did to la romana before he popped the question so i met him in april but it was only for that one night mm-hmm. um then i flew back in may um for his birthday i was there for 3 days mm-hmm. then i quit my summer job and I decided to spend all of July and all of August with him um I decided to spend 60 days with him in Dominican Republic to get to know him and I was like if I'm gonna get to know him this is the only opportunity for me to do it and I need to not stay with him just for a week I need to know the ins and outs I have to see what his family is like um so that was I don't really count the first time because I didn't really know him right so I was there on vacation so I went in May and then I went um again in July so the second time and he proposed to me in August. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So 
Look at that. <laughs> that man knew. He yeah. knew. Yeah. <laughs> so you did mention that you know Espanol. You know some Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> so what were some of the cultural similarities and differences that you guys had? So it's funny that you mentioned that. Although I know Spanish, you know, my mom is um, from born um, in Puerto Rico, raised for part of her life in Puerto Rico, and my dad born and raised in Peru. So my and my father did not know a word of English. He only knew Spanish. My mom is bilingual. Okay. So I knew Spanish through both of my parents, mostly the Spanish that is spoken in South America, because I always spoke to my dad in Spanish. And although you would think that we were similar in, you know, that we had the same language, Dominican Spanish is a language of its own. Oh my <laughs> gosh. How many times have I said that? <laughs> yeah. Because it's so true. Right. So it, similarities, I would not say was the language because <laughs> I had to learn it. I was confused when I was over there. I did not understand. Effort in the beginning, I was like, "What is going on here?" I thought I knew Spanish. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. They also speak very fast, mm-hmm. and they speak in some strange codes. You know, they use a lot of animals when they talk. I'm like, "Why do I hear animals in this conversation?" I'm very confused. Um, so similarities would be, you know, in, I guess our culture, like the food that we eat, the music that we listen to, um, he has a very strong foundation in his faith with God. Um, so do I, um, I was born and raised Catholic. He's born and raised Christian. Um, however, you know, I'm more of like a free spirit. I am, you know, I, if you, you invite me to the Pentecostal church, I will go. You invite me to the temple, I will go. Um, <laughs> I'm not like this, you know, strict, you know. Um, so when he told me that he, you know, was Christian, I was like, okay, that's fine with me. Um, and I think that was very similar in us. You know, he had a very strong foundation with his faith and so did I. And we were both, we both mutually respected it. Mm, I love that. And that's a beautiful foundation there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So now that he has proposed to you and you guys are all in love, let's talk about your wedding because you guys got married in the Dominican Republic, right? Yes. So we got married um, in Dominican Republic at uh, what would be considered like the civil court over there. Yeah. Um, La Junta Mm -hmm. in La Romana. Um, We got married on October. I'm sorry. That's Julio in the background speaking English. Oh my God. Look at that. His English has gotten really good. (laughs) Um. Of course, he would. No, es cristal. Yo, ellos me están haciendo una entrevista. Espérate. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No speak, no speak Spanish. <laughs> Ay, Dios mío. I'm sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. Wow. This is what he tells everybody now. He doesn't speak Spanish. He speaks English. Oh, solo English ahora? Yeah. They can mean to speak Spanish. I'm like, okay. Wow. <laughs> Um, so yes, we got married on October 5th, 
um in 2018 and we got married right at the um at the, the little courthouse that they have in La Romana. Uh, my best friend flew from Miami. Um, I also had another close friend um, that flew from New York. They were our witnesses. Wow. Um, uh, his sister was there with us. He has a very big family, but his one of his sisters came with her with her son as well. Wow. Yeah. So did you guys have like a big reception after? Cause I know like so we had like a dinner. Um, I did like do like the whole, we rented tables and we had flowers and nice chairs, but it all happened in his brother's apartment in Caleta. Um, and there was a guy that actually lives in Julio's barrio, um, that he does like event planning and things like that. So he actually helped me with all of it and he decorated it beautifully. Um, and then his sisters, um, two of his sisters cooked all of the food. So everything that was served for everybody was cooked by his sisters. That is so sweet and just a beautiful way for you guys to just celebrate together as a new family. Yeah. Oh man, I love that. That's such a beautiful memory. And you know what? It worked out for you guys. It sure did. So, 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 so you guys. So, okay. One question I did have to ask you because we all know that weddings here in America cost a fortune. Mm Mm-hmm. If you remember, <laughs> mm-hmm. do you feel like your wedding was it like pretty reasonable to have a beautiful day? Oh, it was the cheapest thing I've done in my life. Like, <laughs> yeah. because weddings here are I, ridiculous. I will tell you this: I spent more on my two-year-old son's birthday party <laughs> than I did at my wedding in Dominican Republic. Oh my um, I did. It's crazy. Um, it was very reasonable. Like. If I spent a thousand dollars, it would be a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it really didn't cost that much. We had, to, I think, you have to pay like two hundred U.S. dollars to get um, to get married over there. Um, I bought a twenty dollar dress, a white dress online. No way! You look needed. so pretty in your picture. Yeah, and that's a twenty dollar dress, nineteen ninety nine. Say what? <laughs> no. <Nuh-uh. laughs> I believe I bought it. I either bought it at Boo on Boohoo okay. or Venus, one of the two websites. It's a white dress. I just and I paid twenty dollars for it. Okay, girl. Well, you rock that dress like it was way more than that. Yeah. And then what? I don't know. I don't. I can't. You know, like the chair rentals, the flowers, and things like that. Maybe. $300, maybe another $200 on food. Um, it was very inexpensive, but, and it was a particular cake I wanted. I wanted a Tres Leches cake from a bakery over there called Crema, which is, to me, it's the best Tres Leches. Um, and they made us a really beautiful cake. And I think the cake was like, maybe $30. Oh my God. Yeah, wow. Beautiful. Look yeah. Well, yeah, girl, that makes me nervous to think about <laughs> how much my wedding's gonna cost here. But you know what? <laughs> oh, weddings over here are so. I mean, I if I can tell you the amount of times, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not very. What's the word? Like, I have no shame in what I did. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, my dress that just cost twenty dollars, and I rocked it. You know what I mean? Like, and um, 
and but everybody tells me like I hear it all the time they're like either you did it right <laughs> like you uh-huh. just did it right um and I'm just like but everybody to each their own you know because there's some women and there's so, actually some men also that you know they want a big wedding and they want all of these things and that's their moment and if they want that by all means go right ahead and go for it for me it was never uh you know, this thing that I had to have this giant's wedding or anything like that. I never felt that way. Um, I definitely followed in the footsteps of my parents. My parents got married at the courthouse too, and they had pizza after. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's so romantic. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. (laughs) Hey girl, whatever makes you guys happy is all that matters. It's your day. Right. No one else can say anything else about it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey, so now that we heard about your beautiful wedding story, let's talk about the decision to begin to live together. Don't don't don't. Yes. So um as my audience may know, there are um different family-based visas um ones that I am familiar with is the K-1 which is the fiance visa yay me hooray (laughs) and then Ida here did the spouse visa which is a CR-1 so tell me Ida why did you guys decide to go that route over the fiance visa um I just think like when you know you know um so it was never really about immigration to the U.S. Um, It was more we got married and then we discussed what we were going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, I, I explained to him that my career and everything that I've worked for is here in the United States. And he um, then agreed, you know, okay. And we, you know, I put, I submitted the paperwork pretty fast. Like I would say within uh, a week of us being married, okay. I submitted the paperwork because um, I knew it would be a long process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember? Because I think you got caught right in the middle of COVID as well, right? Yeah, we got caught. Well, um. No, so when I put in his visa, I put in his visa in 2018. His visa okay. took a long time, and then we had some issues. His first visa was denied. Um, then we had to wait a whole other year to resubmit. Not we'll go over the application. Um, and that after that year, that's when we were in go right getting right into COVID. Oh, wow. um, so that definitely postponed a lot Mm, I can imagine that probably caused some well maybe not complication in the relationship but just the distance like yeah the distance definitely was you know it was hard um but Julio has a very famous saying uh Dios tiene su tiempo Mm -hmm. um everything is in the time of when God wants things to happen so he is very um chill (laughs) he doesn't get you know and he thinks everything happens for a reason. He's like, Dios sabe lo que hace, Ida. Um, that's what he would always tell me. Um, and so he was pretty calm 
about the whole thing. Um, I was times that I felt a little bit not so calm because, you know, you're married and yeah. what do you want? You want to be, you know, next to your husband. You don't think being married and then you're going to be apart. Okay. Um, yeah. So that, that was difficult for me. Um, but he definitely was trying to keep me sane. <laughs> yeah. And you visit quite often too, right? Yeah, I have been to Dominican Republic from 2018 until now, a total of 26 times. Wow. <laughs> yes. So, so you just got like a home there, basically. Yeah, basically. Basically. Yeah. Wow, that is many trips, but um, I'm glad you have the flexibility to be able to do that because yeah, I did. Mm. So, okay, so we kind of talked about you had delays um during the COVID closures. Was this like kind of midway through because you had already your application was already processing during that? Yeah, so when he first got denied the visa, um, that wasn't during COVID, but okay. then we had to wait another year. Um, mm-hmm. well, it wasn't exactly a whole year. I want to say it was like about 10 months. Okay. Um, and then that's when we got into COVID, but then there was lots of restrictions, you know, it was like the embassies only open for these cases. And it was just a whole, it was a, a bunch of, things like a bunch you know a bunch of delays um but I did ask for uh for his uh for his case to be expedited okay. I did do that um so, and I and it did get accepted which is amazing so do you mind explaining to us like what you know what is the process of that we having your case expedited or you know what qualified you guys so um, I actually had no idea about how to get my case expedited. We actually had rented an apartment in La Romana mm-hmm. and we, one of the, you know, everybody's friendly over there. There was like a neighbor next door. Like it wasn't really like next door. It was across from us. We had like a balcony. So she was like the balcony across mm-hmm. and I got to know her um, and she was telling me how, um, her sister-in-law asked for an expedited visa for her brother. Okay. And was like, oh, wow. And she was like, yeah. And they were able to expedite the case and all of that. And she was like, if you want, I'll share your information with her and maybe she can help you. And she did. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to her via WhatsApp and she told, she gave me an email address and she said, she even told me how to word my email. She said, be very friendly, um, be very understanding, you know, that they have a lot of cases and just give them, you know, the reasons as to why, you know, um, you would like your case, um, expedited and I gave it a shot. I think I still have the emails, um, Mm-hmm. and it was accepted I got it I got a reply back saying that our case was accepted and it would be expedited wow. um and uh yes it was and also I was um pregnant so I and this was during COVID my pregnancy was a high-risk pregnancy um and I needed I could get medical care in Dominican Republic but I didn't have medical insurance in um Dominican Republic so I had to fly 
back and forth between Dominican Republic and New York for my doctor um, visits, which is probably the reason I have 26 stamps on my passport to Dominican yeah. Republic. I was flying um, back and forth um, to get to New York to be at the doctor and then go back to Dominican Republic, then come back. I had to make certain, there were certain weeks that I had to be at my doctor over here. Mm-hmm. And I explained that um, to the embassy in the, um, in the expedited process, I explained what was occurring. Um, and I, that could be, I, I think that was probably one of the major reasons that they accepted it. Yeah. And that had to be hard being pregnant and, you know, traveling back and forth. And then also yeah. Julio not being able to be at those doctor appointments with you. Right. And it, in Dominican Republic, it's also very different. Um, men are not allowed in the doctor appointments with the women. Um, not like here, you know, they can come in, they can see, you know, when they do the sonogram there, you know, men are all a part of this process. Yeah. Um, but over there, the men are still, um, you know, excluded from it. So at least when I went to the doctor in Dominican Republic, he was able to take me and wait outside, oh. um, but he would never come inside with me. Yeah. See, that's not the same. I feel like they should be able to be a part of it, but I wonder what the rules are there, why that's a thing. Yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. I don't know, but they're not allowed to. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Do you think, Um. so, and we'll get into that a little bit later because I know, um, you know, after you were expedited, I mean, after that, how long did it take you to get your final approval after an interview, if you had one? Um... It took a little bit of time. We had to redo the medical portion. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to redo that after we redid the medical portion. Then I would say we were probably called in like two months later. Oh, it wow. wasn't that it didn't take that long. Um, and everything was like very strict COVID rules. Um, so there wasn't a lot of people. I remember the first visa interview, there were so many people. It was just crazy. Um, and then this one with the experience was much different because there was nobody there. Mm -hmm. Um, it was like by appointment only you had to get there at the time they told you to get there. Um, but it was fairly quick. Mm, That's wonderful. And that happened what right in time before your yeah, it happened right before I was giving about to give birth, two months. So wow. he got into the United States on December 5th hmm. of 2020. And our son was born on Valentine's Day of 2021. <laughs> I remember that. It felt like just yesterday when you yeah. were telling us, oh my God, Julio's got to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he made it. He made it right on time. Because I was, um, I had to get approval from my doctor to fly and she had given me my last approval. And she said, after this, you will not be allowed to fly. You have to come back. Um, and it just, you know, it's like what Julio says, God's timing is perfect. He knows I was just going to say, because God does know. <laughs> yeah. So it's I was funny. able, I didn't have to fly back alone because that probably would have been terrible. Oh. Um, I would, because I wouldn't have been able to fly back to Dominican Republic, even if I wanted to. Yeah. Um, but I was able to fly back with him. Mm, what a beautiful yeah. blessing. And I heard from perfect timing, impeccable timing. Yeah. <laughs> so. I know, uh, as we heard earlier, that Julio no longer speaks Spanish now, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) 
that's all he speaks guys that, that was like, that was the the most english you're going to hear from that man <laughs> <laughs> i remember you telling me that um you know when he first came he was seeing everyone speak english and he was like wait a minute yeah yeah he was lost it was hard it was very hard wow. it was very hard for him um and I tried, like, I was like, you know, either you're a teacher, you you should be able to do this. You know, I was labeling everything around the apartment so he could know what things were, oh. you know. Um, but he is just not something he gravitates towards. Um, you know, he, he, he can defend himself with some words that he knows here and there and things that he's picked up, like, associated with his job. Um, but... The language barrier is definitely something still very difficult for him here. Well, it'll take time. He's only been here for what, almost three, maybe three, three years now? So uh, in December of this year will be three years. So he's been okay. here two years and a few months. Well, it takes time. That's not a easy thing to no. you know. And we know how English is. It's got all, there's right. so many words. Right. <laughs> that are used in different ways. So right. I know in time that he will learn. Um, so I know that's a little bit different with um when people arrive on a CR1, they already have their conditional green card. Is that true? That is true. Um, so there is a difference. They would you can either, I believe, don't quote me on the years, but I uh -huh. think you're only if you're married less than two years I believe you get a five-year residency card but okay. if you're married more than two years you get 10 years oh, wonderful. Um, so I, by the time his visa was issued we were already married more than two years so okay. he was able to get his um permanent residence for three uh, for 10 years oh perfect so you guys don't have to worry about going through that process for at least a little bit more time yeah. now so exactly. that's really helpful. Yeah. Um, what about so when he first arrived, was he able to find a job within the first 90 days of being there, or did that take some time? No, that definitely took some time. Um, I think it all the, a lot of things came into factor with that. I think the language, number one. Um, and number two, I was pregnant and then yeah. we just I just gave birth. Um, and I needed, I truly needed the help yeah. uh, at home. Um, so it, it worked out in our favor, you know, that he wasn't working and that he was here with myself and Julian. Yeah. I'm glad that you had his support and for him to be there during that time, because yeah. um, I know you did mention that you had a high risk pregnancy. So I yeah, it was a little difficult. Um, yeah. It's your the recovery was very difficult. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and now that beautiful boy is a big boy now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I know your husband came in frigid winter of New yeah. York. Mm -hmm. It oh. snowed the very next day after he landed. I was like, great. He's going to run. <laughs> He's gonna be like, can I go back? I got my green card. Like, can we go back? <laughs> He's going to leave. It was like back to the Dominican Republic <laughs> tomorrow. He did. I mean, I remember he was like, he was like, I, he told me he was describing in Spanish that he felt like knives were cutting through his hands. Oh my and he God. just couldn't take it. Like he was like, this is something 
you know, I mean, somebody who's lived their whole life in the Caribbean and then all of a sudden, you know, it's not like he immigrated here when he was 10 or 16 or whatever the case is, like he's lived his entire life in the Caribbean and for him to then come here and experience that, it wasn't easy for him either. I can imagine. And then he just came from tropical sunny paradise and came to frozen tundra (laughs) yeah exactly exactly he was like i don't know if i can do this (laughs) like (laughs) Like, give it a try it's only winter right hot soon right (laughs) what a culture shock there right (laughs) Ah, okay let's talk a a little bit about you know you welcoming um, yourself into parenthood because this was your first baby right Yes, first and only. <laughs> no, oh, you say now. I'm just kidding. Oh, no, no, no. They know. I know. They say never say never. I'm saying never. <laughs> right, saying. right. <laughs> um. Well, you know, I'm just glad that you guys, you know, were able to have your beautiful baby boy, and yeah. he was able to be there for the birth, right? Yeah, he was part of the whole thing. He was the first one to hold Julian. Um, very different experience than what he would have had in Dominican Republic. Yeah. Um, he was there for the entirety of um, the labor and the delivery. Mm. Yeah. Do you think that gave him a different perspective of childbirth? I think so. And I think it also gave him a different perspective of me. Um I think once he saw everything that I had to go through and endure um, to bring our son here, I think, you know, uh, it changed his mentality a little bit. Um, and I wish that more men could experience that, especially men in in, in the Caribbean. Yeah, it will yeah. be important for them to truly understand just the miracle of women bringing a child into this world, you know? Right, <laughs> right. Well, I'm so glad he was able to be there, you know, with you and just to be supportive and to get to meet his son. Like, yeah, of course. World. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So my favorite section um, <laughs> to talk yeah. about, because as you know, my podcast is pretty much about, you know, just, you know, people coming into the country and understanding, you know, the expectations and the actual reality when you first come in, um, into yeah. the country. So let us talk about a little bit of your, um, experience with your husband of, you know, did he have the, <laughs> the common, um, expectations that many people do when he comes to the country? I think so. I think, um, in the Dominican culture, um, a lot of people believe if you make it to the United States, you've made it, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Julio comes from a, a fairly large family. He's one of 11. Um, yeah. He does have another brother that's here okay. um, that lives in Boston. Um, and that brother for a very long time was the brother that made it. Um, and then Julio came reluctantly um (laughs) you know he julio loves his island and he'll give you every reason why um dominican republic is the place to be um (laughs) you know but in everybody's eyes he made it um but quickly he saw 
that it's not all the pictures that everybody sees, um, you know, and the the red carpet and the whole Times Square and all of that. Mm -hmm. He quickly was able to put that together. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that yeah. is good that he was able to really know that. Yeah, it's it's different. There is opportunity here. Absolutely, right. That is absolutely a thing, but. It takes a little bit of time to get there, right? It sure does. It sure does. Mm. It sure does. And it takes even longer when you don't know the language. Yeah. Um, You know, uh, that's just, it's just just hard, you know? Um, You know, if you're able to communicate and you're able to express the things that you want and the things that you need, that and then that's one thing when you're unable to do that and you're relying on other people to help express that for you it's just it just makes it one more step more difficult in the process oh absolutely I, I feel that way sometimes when I go to the DR and I'm like am I saying this right do they understand yeah. me <laughs> right. right but that right. doesn't stop me from trying girl <laughs> right that's right <laughs> so what would be your advice to someone, um, you know, who's going through the visa process? Um, you know, what is something that you would say to them to help them alleviate all of the the pressure? <laughs> I would say the first thing you have to do is just be patient, mm-hmm. right? And trust the process. Um, also, just maybe I know this is going to sound a little bit crazy Mm -hmm. they make you like upload these documents right I can't remember what the website is it's the visa whatever website so once you pass the immigration step they take you to like a new website and they ask you to upload they ask you for like this list of things that you have to upload electronically so one of the things that they ask you for is um it's called papel de buena conducta, right? So it's like their papers to show that they, you know, that no one's looking for them, the police, there's nothing out, there's no warrants for them. So I got this paper for Julio Mm -hmm. and I uploaded it because the paper uploaded crooked, right? Like not straight. They postponed my, you know, the case. I had to resubmit it and it had to be re-approved. So when you're uploading your documents, make sure that everything is clear, everything is straight, because there are such, they will, they, I guess they believe that the papers are like tampered with. Um, So yeah, that's, so that's a little piece of technical advice. Um, I couldn't believe that the paper was rejected and I had to wait, like, and I legit had to wait, like, a good other month for them to reapprove um this paperwork oh my gosh that sounds so complicated and that is good advice right here it's over a technicality like nobody thinks you know you think you know you scan things you upload them you don't think anything of it yeah Um, and there was just like a piece that they couldn't um see like not, it wasn't it was crooked that's what it was it was just crooked and it, they didn't accept it it was rejected mm. uh, and then I had to resubmit the same piece of paper and I had to wait like an additional four weeks Whew, that um, is 
talking about placing your life on a standstill over a piece of paper. Yeah. So that's just something to keep in mind when you're scanning your documents Um, and just be organized in the process. You know, I had my binder with every single piece of paper, everything that I needed translated. Um, You know, I kept you know, every single receipt of when I flew, you know, they want to, you know, you have to prove that your relationship is real. You don't, you know, basically they're trying to um, make sure that this is a a true relationship and there will even, whether it's fiance or whether it's spousal, they still want to know that there's um, validity in your relationship. Um, I still always remember the first question they asked in both interviews was, okay. do you guys have children? Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first question. And we were interviewed by two different, um, two different people at the embassy mm-hmm. and both people access the same exact, that was the first question, wow. um, that they access. So I know that they're, tr- they're trying to find to make sure that the relationship is valid. So you just want to keep all of your things, um, you know, just in an organized, in an organized way, the way I did it was in a binder with sheet mm-hmm. protectors. I labeled everything. Um, and you just wait, you just you know, wait. <laughs> I find that funny that you mentioned the binder with the protective seats. Cause you know yes. what? That's what my K-1 visa looks like. Yes. The binder of evidence. Yes. You, and you bring it with you to the day of your interview. Like ask me for the paper because I have it. I have it. <laughs> Every plane ticket, every Airbnb. Yes. <laughs> we I, even, I, printed out, I even printed out pictures from, yes. and I put them in order in an album of from the day I started visiting him in May all the way up until our um, visa interview. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, I get it. They're looking for, what do they call it? A bona fide relationship. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important. It's really important. So people, if you are in the process, prepare, prepare, prepare. There is not enough pictures to take. There is not right. enough evidence. Keep everything because I feel like in these type of relationships, you have to prove more than just being in a basic relationship, you know? Yeah, you do. You do. You do. <laughs> you do. Yeah, so that's <laughs> really good advice, Ida. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. And, you know, what about the partners that are coming over, um, our lovely immigrant spouses that are, or, you know, fiancés are coming over. What is something that just kind of what's your experience with your husband? Mm-hmm. What is something that you would tell them before they come like to help with their expectations? So I'm going to use, I'm, I feel like I'm quoting Julio a lot today. It's okay. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm going to use a phrase. So um, Julio, I think, said it best, honestly. Um, and it, it just came out one day when we were just talking. And he was like, you know, in Dominican Republic, by by no means is it, is it, you know, do you live an easy life over there, right? You also have to work and you have to grind and you only get paid a few pesos, right? Yeah. Um, and they have a, a typical saying over there, like, um, yo tengo que pelar la yuca, right? Like I have to peel the yuca in order to get what it is that mm. I need in order to just survive, right? Yeah. Um, and then he said he was like, en República Dominicana, yo tenía que pelar la yuca, pero aquí yo lo tengo que guayar, which means I have to grind it. Um, <laughs> and he and I looked at him and I said, well, I'm glad you see 
that this is not just handed to you. No. And he told every single person yes. um, that speaks to him that thinks that he has made it. He was like, you're peeling the yucca. I'm here grinding it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to let Julio the wise sensei. <laughs> um, so I Look, think. He can talk to my fiance when he gets here. <laughs> But he will say this, and there's one thing I will say: there is opportunity here. Um, yeah, absolutely. So he, you know, he's also very. Um, what's how he says it? He's like when people come here and say there's no jobs, like there's no jobs, you know. And he was like, he doesn't believe that's true. He's like, here, there's lots of opportunity, and there's plenty of jobs. Yeah. Um, he, although he has a language barrier, he has found employment. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, when you want to, and there's a will, there is a way. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And you just have to know that it's not going to, it's not just going to be handed to you. You you have to grind for it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And right. it's good to come with those work ethics. Um, I really believe that my own fiance will come with those work ethics because he's grinding over there in the DR right now. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that is definitely very good advice. And um, kind of like one of my other guests mentioned, there was like, you have to remember when people come over to the DR and is spending a lot of money, they're on vacation. Yeah. You don't know what they're coming back home to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> very true. Very, very true. Well, Ida, you shared a very beautiful process with us and, you know, I'm pretty sure there's someone out there that may be going through this process right now and maybe they learned something, you know? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> so is there anything else you would like to share with the audience? No, I mean, thank you for having me and listening to me. Um, and when you know, you know, you know, if so. That's so true. Absolutely. Just follow whatever your gut and your heart tells you and just be patient in the process. <laughs> patience is key yeah patience, <laughs> the, the visa process you have to have patience when they get to the united states is a different type of patience you know um you just have to have patience throughout the whole entire relationship nothing you know it's it's not easy but at the end it is worth it absolutely that is very true well Ida, thanks again so much i'm so glad to have had you on here <laughs> thank you for having me <laughs> okay you take care all right, you too. Bye-bye.